Two guys back and better than ever coming at you from the Muma Lake House. I'm Kyle Muma, and this is. That's it. The show's over. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> I didn't want to do it anyway. <laughs> Why won't you give me your name? Uh, I'm Patrick. Are we going first names now from now on? Yeah, it's like Madonna. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like, I don't know why I need to say my last name. Everybody knows who I am. All right. Kyle and Patrick, two guys, our first non-Durham episode, which is going to be different. Yeah. Maybe. Lake Gaston. It's lovely out there. You know what else this is a first for us? What? It's the first time we've recorded Stone Cold Sober. True. I didn't even think about that. You just cracked your first beer. I'm drinking only water. But I haven't taken a sip of it yet. Yeah. Fully, 100%. I did draw a smiley face on it, but I have not taken a and sip. And you named also, it. You I chose to name it Carl. Just realized that I'm going to play with the label on this. Yeah, eventually. that's fine. All right. It'll at least be quieter than everything else you've played with in the last five minutes since we've been sitting here. We don't know that yet. <laughs> True. Patrick has also chosen to wear sunglasses during this episode. Not really sure why. I I'm guess cool. maybe it's a lake thing. I'm a cool cat, you know? All right. So he's a cool cat. Meow. Hashtag meow. Cool cat. Kyle, Patrick, and Patrick's beer, Carl, uh, ready for the next episode <laughs> of Two Guys, I guess. Uh, we can start by, I think we are shifting roles from last week to this week. Last week, Patrick had all the notes going in. This week, I have all the notes going in, uh, which is good. I think we're both carrying equal parts of the team here. Um, but I was thinking I'd be more like 30% this week. Okay. That's I'm not, fair. I'm not as motivated as I normally am. Where's your motivation? It's out there on the water, bro. <laughs> I'm not, we're sitting inside looking at the, look, overlooking the lake right now. And, and, uh, it's, it's, it's out there, man. My, my mind is elsewhere. It's a beautiful place to be. We're, we're lucky to be here. It's true. Shout out Muma family. Thank you for having us. Yeah. It's lovely. So I stopped at the lake on my way back down from Washington, D.C., which was probably the most impactful experience of my week this week. I went up to D.C. Uh, to visit some friends of mine. and Which friends? Uh, Bradley and We John. don't name, name names, Kyle. You just asked me to, yeah. to say which friends. I wasn't going to name names, and then you told me to. You have to make up fake names. Also, we've said names in each of the past few yeah, weeks. Yeah, we always say we're going to do so, that. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured it was no longer an issue. Yeah. Also, no, if I say John, only a few people are going to know what I'm talking about. It's not. There are a lot of Johns out there. What if all the Johns think you're talking about them? Then that'll be even better. Everybody will feel more personally invested in the show. But or anyways. I think you're just a liar. I went up to D.C. I went to the Preakness. Uh, which I think is where where Oops. we can start. Wow, Sorry. that was just gross. <laughs> Man, I'm... don't blame me. Look at uh, blame blame Carl over you, here. You, did you have a sip? Yeah. Oh, that was one sip, one massive belch. Um, Bad Carl. <laughs> have you ever been to a horse race, Patrick? Uh, no, I don't like horses. Oh, you know that's actually. If I ever see a horse on Tinder, I immediately swipe left. I don't care how hot the girl is. I can't, <laughs> I can't do. I don't. I I can't do horses. That's actually an interesting topic that I hadn't thought about before. That we should do sometime is like what. Let's actually let's just do it right now. All right, you're on Tinder. You're on Bumble. You're on one of those. So we don't get to hear about your trip. You're on one of those apps. We'll go back to the trip. Okay. Horse for you is something that if you see immediate left, auto swipe left. Okay. I've never, I've never right swiped a horse. I'm usually that way with guns. Usually, girl standing there holding a rifle, I'm probably swiping left right away. 
Mm, I think that those two things, my finding the girl attractive and the gun are not mutually exclusive, but I feel like they don't line up very often. So, but if you if you see a super hot girl on a horse, like exactly your type, her little bio looks awesome. Left, no matter what. Left, just because she's on a horse. I don't trust horses. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Anything else that's like a guaranteed left swipe? Uh, that's really the main thing. Uh, that's like my one. Well, actually, I a couple colleges sometimes I'll be like, ew. <laughs> do you care? Do you care to name any of those colleges? Uh, or do you <laughs> Uh, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm just, I'm not, that's not like a hundred percent deal breaker for me, but I definitely look at where people went to college. There are two in particular that I pretty much auto swipe left on. I know one of them. Uh, yeah. I know you know one of them. I don't know the other one. Okay. I just thought, I've always thought that was interesting. Tat- tattoos usually are not a good thing for me. I love the tats. I know you like the tats. Tat them up. Uh, but yeah, I mean... I guess in general, you auto swipe left on tattoos. No, no, that's not an auto swipe. But if you've, I mean, if you've got like a big sleeve, it's unlikely that we are going to mesh personality wise. I'm, you might, you're probably great, and we could hang out and be friends. But like, we're probably, not, I'm probably not going to date you. I would. I'll date you. Yeah. So tattoo lady. But if anyways. you have a horse, no way. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere near your fucking horse. <laughs> so speaking of horses, back we can go back to the Preakness now. Uh, my first horse race. And it was exactly not what I expected it to be. Whoa. Because it was just a debaucherous festival. It felt like a massive like state fair that just happened to have a horse race around the outside. There were, I mean, there were 100,000 people there. We had mug club tickets, which meant we had a mug that you could just go around and refill at various different stations with Straight Bud Light. Straight muggin. Straight muggin. That'd be a great coffee mug. But, it, I mean, like, the, there were 80,000 people in the middle of the infield. Maybe a 1,000 of them actually ever saw any part of the race. I saw zero part of any of the 14 horse races that went on that day. We watched we watched the actual Preakness in the car on the way back to D.C. from Baltimore. And yet, the dollars that you spent on that ticket goes to horse racing. Yeah, which is interesting. But, I mean, I view it as... So, I spent $100 on the ticket, and I got... Oh, I got, really? Does that seem like a lot or a little? I don't know. Tell me what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I got unlimited beverages for the day, so I had my mug. Oh, so right. uh, you could have gotten there at eight o'clock in the morning and left at seven o'clock at night and drank beer all day for that. For I was so I was there for about seven hours and had bottomless beer during that time. If you went out to a bar, could you drink a hundred dollars worth of alcohol? If you were there all day, probably. Easily, yes. Okay, no doubt. If you'd only got beer, it though. depends. I mean, I, I probably. You think you could drink a hundred dollars worth of beer in a day? Not if I. If you're going, and you're going to drink like a three dollar beer special, then no. But if you're going to go, like I would go and have like a cocktail or two, and then I would have a couple beers, and that. I mean, you could easily spend a hundred dollars at a bar. Not even, no question. But I also saw two concerts. I saw a Fetty Wap concert. Fetty. Saw a Chainsmokers concert. I don't know who they are. To me. $100 worthwhile. I yeah, would, I would okay. do it again. You got a lot for 100 bucks. I would I would be curious to know what the vantage point from all of the people sitting up in the grandstands was. So like you were in the middle of the track. Yeah, in the middle of the track. Yeah. So like if you if you're sitting up in the grandstand and you're like old lady who like owns a horse and is like wearing a fancy floppy hat, you're looking down on like 
80,000 people at like a Fetty Wap concert just getting hammered. That's really interesting. That to me, <laughs> for the first time I thought about it from their perspective, I was like, that must be really yeah. weird to watch. Yeah. <laughs> like you're here like owning a horse that you like want to win the second race yeah, of the Triple Crown. There's Fetty Wap. <laughs> right. And there's just like this debauchery going on yeah. on the other side of the track. What the hell is Fetty Wap doing there? I don't, I don't know. That's he's weird. doing his thing. He's doing his Fetty thing. That's really weird. I didn't think of it like that. Yeah. It was very weird once I started thinking about it from that perspective. It, was, huh. it made me want to go to a horse race and sit in the grandstand to see, just to but see that, what it looks like. But that like. lady who owns that horse is also benefiting because all those dipshits in the middle of the field spent their money on the ticket. So now horse racing is, is no a doubt. viable you know, financial investment. They, Which is dumb. I don't think horse racing should be a thing. And that, I think, is the next thing we can discuss. Uh, and that that's probably the first thing we can take a user interaction on. We haven't mentioned our email and Twitter yet. I want to get it in earlier than we usually do. I don't think we need to do it. Okay, why? Nobody emails us. People have emailed us. I, I, I don't know. See, the weird thing is I get, I get a lot more text messages than I do emails and tweets. I feel like you went out and solicited a bunch of emails that first week. No. Well, I solicited like two, I think, but two of the five, (laughs) (laughs) but I get, I mean, I get like, I get 10 to 12 texts a week. Oh, I get 10 to 12 texts a week. I'm Kyle Muma. I'm so popular. That's not what I was. Okay. If you want to turn that into an insult, it wasn't, or like a me bragging, it wasn't intended to be. Carl, high five. So I'm going to give it out anyways at two guys pod on Twitter or two guys pod at gmail.com. Uh, you can let us know what your uh, automatic deal breakers on Tinder are, or you can let us know your thoughts on the viability of horse racing as a sport, which Never. is what Patrick wants to get into right now. Um, wow throwing it right to me uh yeah i think it's ridiculous i mean <laughs> the horses are just i guess put through the ringer as far as training goes they have no say in the matter they can't be like i do nate want to do this <laughs> um, <laughs> i never thought about it from that i wish i hadn't said that yeah well it's too late <laughs> the um, i mean they can't like it's not the athletes, athletes, air quotes, are not willing participants. Which is interesting. It's like animal slavery. And, you know, if they get hurt, they die. They kill them if they break a leg. Well, okay, they kill them if they're suffering to a point that they shouldn't. That, I mean, have you seen those things? They have tiny little stick legs. Yeah, they have very small legs. But I would also, just to play devil's advocate, imagine that the horses. It, that are running in triple crown races probably live pretty dang good lives where they are. They probably live good lives after they're done racing. Yeah. But even during the, I mean, they're, they are, it's such a huge investment for their owners. Like you need those horses to be in the best possible condition that a horse could be in. So they're probably very well taken care of. Yeah. But I bet there's like a, a, a really dark underworld in the, you know, I'm sure there is. And what the I would racing. worry, I would worry, I worry more about the horses who participate in like the, lesser derbies not in like the kentucky derby like those horses right. are probably really well taken care of horses that are just kind of racing on like some random track in like arkansas like they might not be as right. well i mean they're just a they're just something for people to bet on yeah i mean it's like ugh, I, I just i think the whole thing i find kind of sickening it's interesting i i can't 
I can't imagine that the majority of the animals involved are treated well. Yeah. I never... There's, there's no way. I don't know why I had never thought about it from the voluntary perspective of the horse before, but obviously the no, no horses are consenting to participating in horse racing. No. So that piece of it, sure. Um, I, I don't know. It's... It's tough to me. I think I'd have to read a little more on how how well they're treated, and you know, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure about the viability of horse racing as as a sport. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm against it. You're clearly strongly against. I would be curious to hear. So Rollins, who's joining us, I believe on Thursday for our first guest podcast, uh, he was the one who was outspoken against horse racing on Twitter. I agree, and I would be curious to hear from him because he. Like he was a hunter growing up, like that is some is a form of sport, and people always say you know as long as you're like not taking certain advantages and you're kind of meeting the animal in its natural habitat, then it's fair or whatever. But like, well, it's a lot fairer than like a slaughterhouse. I mean, right? It's not, it's a lot yeah. fairer than a slaughterhouse, but it's the same thing. It, you if you consider that if you consider fishing to be sporting or hunting, well, like the animals are not consenting to that either. I think hunting is hunting because you you eat the thing after. If it's no, there's game. There's hunting for much more than just eating. Yeah, I know, but that's the discrepancy. Okay, so you're saying as yeah. long as you eat it afterwards, it's okay. Yeah, if you go, I mean, if you go out there and kill just for sport and just leave a, you know, don't actually make use of what you've what you've which killed. I feel like is the maybe not the majority of hunting but I mean there's it's a significant component of hunting yeah it's hunting for like reward right it's enjoyable to a lot of people right. but you know the people who are uh, doing it you know to I mean there's a zillion deer out there something's gonna get them if it's you you should eat it so and I guess my thing is Okay, if that's your argument, there's a zillion deer out there. Something's gonna get them. They're gonna die anyways. There's a zillion horses out there. Something's gonna get them. You might as well use them to profit off of, right? What's the? That's where I'm. I'm confused. Because, what the disconnect because is. I don't think that killing a deer is mistreating it. That's. I mean, that's part of life. Things die to feed other things. That's the circle of life. You're not like going out and teaching a deer how to box and putting it in boxing matches with other deer. You know. Right, but okay. All right, let me throw this example at you. My favorite natural phenomenon. There's this. There's this bacteria called the cordyceps. It takes over the brain of an ant, forces the ant to climb to the top of a tree, and then explodes out of the ant's heads and shoots spores all over the forest so that it can spread. Okay, it is that bacteria uses the ant for its own for its purpose in life and kills the ant in doing so. Is that bacteria e- equivalent to a human racing a horse? Uh, the bacteria is trying to further its genetic footprint. Okay. So a horse racer who's trying to make millions of dollars is also trying to further its genetic footprint. No, it's not. So, to some degree. No. That'd be furthering the genetic footprint would be going out and getting a bunch of people pregnant. <laughs> okay. What if you're horse racing because it's, it is the way that you feed your family? It's the only way you can keep your family alive. By so winning money in a horse race. So it's really feast or famine in that scenario. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying <laughs> it would, you could consider it. 
to be somewhat along the lines of natural selection in some weird twisted I way. I don't. I don't know if you're. Uh, All right, I'm just gonna be against it. Okay, that's. I fair. don't have. I'm not saying I'm for it necessarily. I just kind of wanted to play the game for I don't, a while and see I, where we. I can don't go. know that I can articulate a point, but I, <laughs> I definitely don't like it, and I just don't like horses. So okay, that's fair. There are a lot of less likable animals out there than horses to me, but, but I'll there are also with a it. lot of animals that are more likable. Okay, otters, for example. <laughs> hey, how has Disney not made a movie about otters? Otters are that is cute. a that is a gold mine idea. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine like little otters in the river? They would have a, they would break the the internet with that shit. They do. They would do well with an otter movie. Somebody make a movie about otters, like a uh, CGI whatever it's called, Pixar. Hey Pixar, make an otter movie. <laughs> I'm sure that is very next thing on their to do list. If it's not, they're all idiots. <laughs> All right, so Preakness was most impactful trip and thing that happened in my week. I know that you had a uh, fairly relaxing weekend without me in town. I did. It was nice. Anything impactful from your week, from your weekend that you want to throw um, in? I didn't wear a whole lot of pants <laughs> with you out of the house. That was nice. That's funny because you don't always wear pants with me in the house, so I'm not sure how much that I really take credit for that, but okay. Well, it just felt nice Good. to have the place to myself. Although it's, I didn't really, it would have been nice if you were there too. I appreciate you. I did get home from work on Saturday night and find myself at a loss for what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there by myself, just like, huh. I forgot how many, or rather how few friends I had until. <laughs> you have more friends than you give yourself credit for. I don't understand why you always say that. Yeah, but I don't. I'm not in contact with all of them all the time. I just like happen to bump into people around town. Right, but that's your. That's what you do. That's your style. I'm much more of a. You have communicator. Fifteen text message conversations going on at one time. That's just part of what I do. It's unbelievable. (laughs) I I don't know how you do it. I I've never seen a human being with more interpersonal interactions than you have. I like to talk to people. I like to talk to people. I like to meet but new people. How do you just, I mean, you have, I think I text two to three people a day. Maybe I've only texted you and Rollins today. And that was, and I was in the house you were in the you. house. I was and I initiated you. the text to Rollins. Right. <laughs> you were, I asked you if you wanted breakfast because I was making breakfast. That's yeah. the only message I've sent today. Yeah. I think I, we looked before this. I think I've texted like a dozen people today. It's unbelievable. Usually probably 15 to 20 people. And if you drive in the car, I day. can totally, I totally bet if you drive in the car, you're one of those people that talks on the phone the entire time. I like to talk on the phone. I tried very hard to put it, to put a kibosh on texting while driving. I've tried very hard to do that. I think. I'm sure it hasn't stuck. No, it's, I've gotten a lot better at it. I'm, I'm by, I'm by no means perfect at it. I still do occasionally, but I do not. I I used to do it way too much and I it was bad and I I've improved at it significantly largely because now when I'm driving I will just call people. I don't want to talk to people on the phone. And I've never loved talking I, to people on the phone I either. I think I talk on the phone maybe 5 times a month. I've never loved talking on the phone, on the phone either. It's got to be the right person. But if you've got something to talk about and you've got someone that you want to talk How to, do you then, always have something to talk about. I mean, it's not that life is an interesting thing. People, everybody, why can't everybody you? always has something going on in their life every day, right? What you, there's always something to talk about. I don't know if that's true. I, I find something. We, we, you and I find stuff to talk about every day. 
Have you and I just ever stared at each other and been like, what are we going to talk about next? Not on the phone. If I called you, we could find something to talk about. I would it would say, be just like podcasting. I would say, why are you calling me? And then you would say, oh, I just wanted to talk. And I would say, that's stupid. I'll see you later. <laughs> but if you didn't say that's stupid, I'll see you later, I would say, how was your day? What did you do today? I would tell you that I felt weird talking to you about my <laughs> okay. day. Well, see if I bump into you somewhere and we just talk stream. about what happened. I don't... Going out of your way to initiate that conversation. I enjoy what's going on in people's lives. I've, you know this, the past like couple of weeks, I've been doing a lot of pre-business school networking. I've oh, really I enjoyed it. I, I love it. Networking. I Ooh. love talking to people. I love Ooh. meeting people. It's been a blast. Uh, I hate it. You hate networking? I hate networking. Why? It's just such a, uh, it's such a, it's, it's, I, I don't like talking to strangers. Yeah, but they're not strangers once you talk to them a little bit. But they are before you talk to them. Yeah, so it's one. It's like a few minutes of awkwardness. I just hate it. I don't like it at all. Okay. That word makes me cringe. Like other business words. <laughs> Buzzwords, if you will. Patrick has... Will you stop doing that? What? Sorry. You... Thank you. Like to we we had equal disagreement on that. By the way, some people thought you were right on the that. People some people who made I the comment wrong. said that I was right. Right, but the, to the people that made the comment, not everyone thinks that that's the a wrong. Like if I'm if I'm about to tell a story about you, I yeah. should be able to say Patrick does this as if I'm talking to the listeners. But it's like that's you're my narrating opinion. my life. No, I'm, I'm not narrating right your opinion. Here. I'm I'm telling the it's story like to the listeners. I don't like it. Can you just as a personal favor not do it? I can try. But I'm gonna just make you feel bad every time you do it. If you do and that's it. fair. That I think you can do. So you sometimes Thank you. Well, you've only done it once, but you came to a business school event and just started dropping business words. And I think that's probably something you're gonna which do was fairly a, frequently was a while night. I'm in business school. <laughs> it, was a, it was a great night. Barnaby Winston knows a lot about uh shipping and <laughs> revenue and uh supply and demand and uh of course uh risk management uh uh i'm curious to see how long you can keep up that charade hey, before people at these events are just like who is this guy profits? why does he keep why does Anyone? he keep showing up and why does he keep just saying business words <laughs> i told that one girl too that i was a doctor and she totally believed me i know i i, I shifted when i went to the the business school party with Kyle, I shifted back and forth from being a, uh, an incoming, uh, year one student at business school to being a fourth year med student. Um, and no one questioned me on it the entire night. It was great. My, fa- <laughs> my, my favorite part was somebody asked you where you were doing your residency <laughs> and you go, uh, Cambridge. Is that a place? <laughs> <laughs> that one really threw me for a loop. <laughs> you, were, you were actually doing fine until you I said, is that a place? I you kind of threw yourself under the yeah. bus. And apparently that would have been a viable answer, I right? think you would have been okay. Yeah. I mean, nobody would have questioned it. Right. I Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I uh, at least the guy that, that called me out on that. I, was it that dude that we knew? Yeah. Sort of? Okay. Yeah. yeah, so it was fine. Um, but yeah, that was a funny night. <laughs> That's so cool. nothing, nothing impactful from your weekend without me, other than that you just didn't wear as many pants. Um, yeah, I didn't do a whole lot. I went well. That's not true. On Saturday night, oh Durham part. Um, Saturday night when I realized that I didn't have any friends, I went down to uh, Motorco um, 
which is down the street from our apartment, because they had a music festival in Durham this weekend called Moogfest. Is it Moogfest or Moogfest? Because you know, no one seems to know. I said Moogfest to somebody, and they got really uppity and told me that it was Moog. Or wait, I said Moog. Wait, which Moog, one? You said Moogfest. I said and Moogfest, they said Moogfest, and they said Moogfest, and I was like, oh, I've heard both, and. This girl was insistent on it, and she said that she's been, and she gave me like a little backstory about why it's actually Moogfest, and so I'm going to go with that. I think it's Moogfest. Okay. I think I, that, I've heard both, and I, I could not for the light. There was like a Durham like tourism Twitter that tweeted out like, don't know if it's Moogfest or Moogfest, but it was fun. And I was, <laughs> like, I was like, wow, they don't even know. Yeah. Well, I got corrected violently for saying Moogfest to this one girl, and I... I think you can do either and no one's going to bat an eyelash, but, um, yeah, whatever it was, Moog or Moog. It was really cool. They had stages set up all over Durham. Um, it was centralized in the American tobacco complex, but they had a big outdoor stage, excuse me, sorry, Carl, at, uh, Motorco, which I actually was there while Wu-Tang Clan was performing, which was awesome. They had, it was almost, so they had the, the, the stage set up in the parking lot, and they had a fence and a barrier set up, but you could see the stage and hear the music from the street. So there's actually a huge party going on in the street between Full Steam and Motorco That's as awesome. well, which was um, full of just like these crazy festival people dancing around like lunatics. Was it mostly non-Durham people? I think it, yeah. I mean, it was. It had to be because the the population of Durham skyrocketed in those three okay. days. I was kind of bummed that I missed out. It seems like it was it was a cool. cool. I mean, thing. even just walking around downtown, you ran into just tons of crazy characters. Yeah. I mean, like people who you don't. I mean, you don't see like Durham has has its characters, but there was it was a whole nother level. I read I read a list of events, and it was like I mean there were events like all over down. There were events everywhere. Yeah. Like spe- it was, speeches or whatever it was yeah. like it was, concerts. It was, I didn't realize, I thought it was going to be at American Tobacco, yeah, it was but it was all over. It was sprawled out across yeah. the entire city. Patrick and I discussed this a little bit in the context of Moogfest, Moogfest, Moog, Moog, but there are, there have been moments lately where Durham really starts to feel like a, a decent sized city. And I think I, you said that this weekend was one of them. I wasn't there, but you said this weekend yeah. felt like I mean, it was just because the, the street traffic, like yeah. the the foot traffic, felt like a big city. Um, I'm curious to see how it feels. And it was years. all it was mostly people between the ages of twenty and thirty, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so it felt. I mean, it was cool. I hope it stays. I don't know if they have signs. I think they're planning to stay. I know it's. How long was it in Nashville for? A while. Yeah. I yeah, think there's been a I thing. It was, it was in Nashville stay. the entire time I was in college. Maybe they're going to shift around North Carolina, but I think they were intending to stay. It seemed like a really good venue, and it seemed like it went really well. And yeah. I know that they mostly sold out, and um, you know, as a first run, it seemed to be very yeah. successful. Awesome, so, yeah, Go Durham Moogfest, Moogfest. Go Durham, bringing big festivals Go Durham. to Durham. Yeah, let's let's get more of the the weird shit going on. We like it. <laughs> we can be East Coast Portland. <laughs> that's yeah. That's actually not a bad idea. We could I think that should East be our Coast. goal. We should be East Coast Portland. East Coast Portland. Portland. Yeah, with better weather. Much better weather. Yeah. Much better weather. Uh, all right. Anything else from your week? Uh, nope. You want to wrap it there? Yeah. Okay. That's it. Didn't do anything else. I'm, I'll throw one other thing that happened in the very beginning of my week, and I'll tie it to you, I promise. It. So the Braves are now 10-40 and 40 in this baseball season. That's good. Yeah, we're really, really quality. Um, they fired their manager this past week, Freddie Gonzalez. Um, and it just got me to thinking 
about, especially in pro sports, the role of a of a coach. And I would be curious to hear your thoughts on this in the content context of the Canes in a second. So, like Freddie Freddie Gonzalez, according to everyone in baseball, really good guy. Everybody loves him. His players really liked him. Like he was a very well respected manager. I I compare I. He reminds me in some ways of Ron Rivera, who's the Panthers head coach, who was the same way. Like everybody liked him. His players really liked him. He was on the verge of getting fired. The difference between him and Freddie Gonzalez is Ron Rivera got Cam Newton and all of a sudden the Panthers got good. Rivera never had that opportunity. He was just given a terrible team that wound up being terrible. So I would be curious to hear your thoughts on some of the like, so Kirk Muller, Bill Peters, Paul Maurice, like Kane's coaches, I mean, like some of them have gone on to have success other places. Some of them have come back to the Canes and had success when they've come back to the Canes. How much is it really about the coach and how much, how much is it about the roster that they're given, especially in professional sports when at the end of the day, nobody's reinventing the wheel. Like everybody knows how to play. Everybody runs the same systems. Like there's, how does the coach matter that much? I don't know. Okay. That's fair. I just don't. I just want to see the end opinion on that. I mean, I think you can be, I think that there are definitely better coaches than others, but I just don't know. I mean, I, in hockey, you can throw together a team. Everybody knows how to play. Right. I would imagine it's the same thing in baseball. And that's what I'm saying. And that's what, so Gonzalez getting fired just made me think like at the end of the day, I feel like professional coaches, it's almost like it, it, I, mean, I think it is more, they like, like basically don't matter. Right. Like, I think it's yeah. significantly more about like, can you manage the personalities in the locker room? Can you create like a culture where people want to play hard? And I think that's like 80% of being a professional head coach yeah, is like, can you get, can you get your players to play hard and like each yeah, other? I don't. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it matters as much. I, but I mean, it always seems like at least in the Canes, it seems like switching coaches has always added a little bit of freshness for a while. Exactly. Which is what, um, which is part of what made me think about it. Like right. just having a new voice and like changing the culture a little bit gets peeps excited and then they play better. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, man, I don't know how much a coach can really switch things up from a tactical standpoint. So let me ask you this then the Canes. So the, the reason I like the timing for the Braves, the Braves have a really good farm system. I think the Braves are going to have a lot of talent in the next couple of years Theoretically, they bring in a new manager now that there, there will be kind of a new message, new message or a culture shift. Like maybe you can capitalize on it when that new talent comes. The Canes, Bill Peters has been there for what, two years now? Yeah. Like, do you, part of me worries that as a little more talent comes up for us, like all of a sudden his message is going to start getting kind of stale and you're going to have to bring in another new coach. I don't think so. I mean, he has we've been on the uptick since we've gotten him over multiple years. I mean, we've improved each year true. under him. That's and, true. And there's no question that we've been in mid rebuilding. It's like when uh Cutcliffe started at Duke, we didn't have winning records the first couple of years, but yeah. we knew it was turning around. It was a culture shift. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, there's a, there's a story he tells in speaking, some speaking engagements that he does about, uh, about Apple and how Apple there's a guy from Apple that he's good friends with who, who tells coach Scott that even when they weren't 
quite there yet and they weren't quite having success that they were like throwing parties all the time and being really happy because they knew they had created the, the culture and the type of work ethic and place where there was going to be success given time, which is, he draws that parallel to Duke football where we were like, we went three and nine his first couple of years, but had put the culture in place where you knew eventually you were going to be successful if you keep doing things the right way. And now we are. And there we are. Yeah. Also, how sweet does the stadium look? It looks awesome. It looks so good. It looks incredible. Yeah. I'm super I'm, excited. I'm blown away by it. It's going to be so much yeah. more fun to watch football I can't wait in there. for football games in there. Yeah. It, it looks unbelievably good. I'm, it's, and the whole, like, the whole concourse with the new part of the new addition to Cameron and Wallace Wade and the new Murray building, like, it's all kind of going to come together a little bit and make it a little more cohesive. I'm yeah. super I've excited. Seen the, about it. I've seen the mock up, but I haven't actually been over there to. It's awesome. Yeah. It's going to be. It's going to be incredible. I'm excited. It's going to be dope. Hashtag dope. <laughs> All right. So we covered the most significant thing. I feel I'm... like it's going to be dope, yet also chill. You know? <laughs> dope, but chill. Hashtag chill. Or just hashtag dope and chill. Hashtag move on. <laughs> hashtag stop mocking me. So I wasn't mocking you. I was trying to play along with you. Hashtag be nice. I Okay. I, sometimes I get criticized for being mean when I'm not even mean. But I digress. Uh, Don't listen to him, Carl. <laughs> Patrick is talking to his beer. I told you I was going to ruin that. Um, so Preakness was the most important part of my week. We weren't together a ton. So I think that's all we got in terms of significant moments in our week. But what we can talk about is what we discussed last week. You gave us uh, your list of 10 Things that you wanted to accomplish before you were 30? I did. Woo. How are you feeling about your list? Have you accomplished anything yet? None of them. <laughs> it's no. okay. You got time. I haven't done any you of that stuff time. yet. Thankfully, it was not things you want to do in the next week. Well, I mean, a couple of them would have been nice, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> did you come up with a tenth? Um, I went to... I, I selected a user uh, suggestion, which would be to... Uh, snowboard in Steamboat Springs. I'm going to take that to mean anywhere in the Colorado Rockies, but um, yeah, I would love to do that because I do love snowboarding and you I've never love, done it out west. You do, so. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. know you've never been out west. I've never so. been out west, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, you should do that. You do love snowboarding. Yeah, I would love to do that. So that was a great suggestion. Um, Which ties back into Rollins. Right. Again. Rollins, thanks, man. Guest time, Rollins. Guest time this week. Yeah. We'll do another I one mean, this week. I mean, I also was kind of forced into that because it was the only response that I got um so thanks everybody for chiming in now i'm stuck with ron's dumb idea nobody really cared what patrick did before he turned 30 i guess yeah but despite that i'm gonna give my list of 10 things that i want to do i mean ron's could have basically said anything and i would have pretty much had to do it yeah I got, I, lo- I got really lucky that he only said snowboarding. You're going to give Rollins the idea to give me something really bad, hoping that nobody else says anything, and then I'm going to have to do whatever Rollins says. You know what to do, Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> make, so, make it dirty. <laughs> my my first one, not very undirty. I would like to read 100 books between the time that I'm that now and when I'm 30. Wow. Which is about 20. So, I mean, it should would theoretically be 20 a year, but I don't quite have the entire year left. Wow. Year, so. That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. I've been reading a lot more lately. Every time, I, every book I read, I decide I want to read even more. 
I love so, that. So book recommendations, please throw them out there. I need some too, um, by the way. So that was my number one. Are you going to count the ones you've read this year? Uh, I think I'll start new. I think I'll start fresh, like starting right now. Huh. I'll try to read 100 between now and my 30th birthday. I think Honestly, I think I can blow past that because once I pick up a book, I yeah. just power through it. Yeah. It just depends how many I can read while I'm in school. True. I feel like business school isn't really that hard, though. It's pretty hard. What do you learn? I'm told it's pretty hard. Really? Yeah. I thought you just shake a lot of hands and... I mean, that's a big... The, the networking component is a big part of it, but it's not just like a, you don't go to class. Put a doofy smile on. No. Yeah, I don't think... Wear you, a suit. And I don't think you've looked into business school too much. Tell people that you have exciting ideas and... All right. So, yeah. who's being mean now? I'm being mean to business school. I don't Which know is I'm, where I'm going. Right. Okay, fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> number two, relating to business school, I would like to identify my long-term career path and or a company that I would like to be at long-term. I think um, I really like structure in my life, so I think that would be very beneficial to me. I can see that. I, I know that doesn't, that, that doesn't surprise you at all. If you get a big-time job and make a lot of money, we could move into a nicer apartment. We could. But I might also end up moving somewhere else. Oh. Uh, all right. My third was I would like to, by the time I'm 30, you, th- you thought I might say that I wanted to get married or that I wanted to be in love. I don't necessarily, I'm not going to say either of those two things. I would like to feel pretty confident that I have at least met the woman I'm going to marry. Oh, Wow. I might have met her already. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Like, I've met a lot of great people. But, like, I might... I would like to, before I turn 30, have some moment where I'm like, I think I think she might be the person. Interesting. So, you don't necessarily expect to be... Might not even be dating her yet. Huh. But, like, I would like to know... So, I've, I've learned a lot in the past year or so about, like, what I would like... It's an interesting way to ...in a relationship. That. And I'm pretty sure that, what like... By I'm thirty. By the time I'm thirty, I will know. Like I think she's the person. But I would like that at least. Interesting. It's a goal. So as soon as that, so as soon as you know, here's the question though: If you feel like you know who the person is, is that the moment that you pounce? I'll be. I mean, I'll obviously be trying. To, I mean, you got if, if I meet a person, I'm like, I think that's the person I want to marry. Right. I'll, be, I'll be working. You got to get up on it. Yeah, right. I'll be yeah, working okay. on it. Yeah. I'm not going to just be like, oh, I'll just kind of let it. What if you meet someone me, who you dude, think you'd like? All, it's me. Come on. Like, that's true. <laughs> Gosh, you can text her 9,000 times Of course, a day. course I'll be working on oh. it. <laughs> but what if you meet someone and you, and you think, hmm, I'd like to marry that person, but they're in a relationship? Then, I mean, you got to, I'm not going to, I'm mean, not going to be gonna, a homebreaker. Are you going to? No, I'm not going to. The term is homewrecker. Yeah. Are you going to, I mean, are you going to hang around? Are you going to float, you know, float the vibe out there? Like, how do you handle that situation? That's, a, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure how I, I mean, handle I hope to never be in that situation. There are a lot of loopholes in your in your claim there. You, or at least a lot of holes I can poke it in. No, there are not. If that, if that situation happens, I would have accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. I know, but then you could still lose. I'm just not, there's no losing. I accomplished the there's goal. There's losing if the girl is with other, some other dude. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe I won't be able to marry the girl that I want to marry. Won't that make you really sad? Yeah, but sometimes sadness is part of life. Huh. And you know what? I'm sure there will be a good option 1A. (laughs) You mean 1B? Uh, I was was thinking like 1, then 1A. 1 and 1A are the same. Yeah, I guess 1B. Sure, 1B. 
One B. She sounds pretty. <laughs> what, a, what a nice name. What a dime. Is One that, B. Is that French? <laughs> One B. <laughs> Great girl. Love her. <laughs> Number four is I would like to, uh, and you called this one, I would like to finish my goal of going to all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Yawn. I think I can do that one. Uh, number five, I would like to run another marathon. Mm. And because I'm way too competitive, I would like to preferably beat my PR. What's uh, your PR? PR is 342. You can beat that. I think I can beat it you too. You can definitely beat that. So my issue for a long time was that I was convinced I could qualify for Boston. You can. What, is, what do you have to run to qualify? 305. Oh. <laughs> um, so I kept trying to qualify for Boston. I kept getting hurt. So like last time I trained for a marathon was about a year ago. I was in a weird place about a year ago. True. I was running way too hard. Ran. I started training and I ran a 13. I ran 13 miles at a 640 pace. Which would have been easy, easy to qualify for Boston yeah. with. Wow, but that's I, fast. Yeah, and then I got hurt because I was pushing. Would you get hurt? That's what? when I hurt my foot. No, you. And then I hurt, and then because I hurt my foot, I hurt my knee later on. And then after my knee got better, my hip started hurting. Yeah, now was the first time I felt healthy in a while. That's my issue with distance running. You yeah. cannot get into that kind of running without hurting yourself. Yeah. it's impossible. I so, see so many injuries every day. So the goal, as stated on my list, is just to finish another marathon. But I know that as soon as I start training, I will want to at least PR. I think you can beat. You can stay healthy. You probably train stupidly. I, I do. Yeah, you probably you need to get on an actual training program. Well, I use it. I use like a pro, I use like a Hal Higdon program. Okay. I just need to actually like stretch and stuff and like do strength stuff outside of running. Yes, you do. That's the key. Runners do strength stuff. Yep. Otherwise, you get hurt. We'll have tracking issues. Roll out, stretch. That's the do key. some squats. If I can roll Dummies. out, if I do more like rolling out and stretching and stuff, I'll be fine. There's that only takes ten minutes a day. I know. I know. That's, That's lazy. It's really stupid. That's that just lazy that you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number six was I would like to make enough money that I can start doing Blue Apron again. Huh. I really like Blue Apron. Isn't that expensive? It's more... I feel like you blow blow so much money on so many things. I mean, it's 60 bucks a week. If you... Okay, so if you stopped going to the parlor, then you could do Blue Apron. 60 bucks a week (laughs) at the parlor? No, not even close. Uh, I'm sure I could find a way to make it work. I canceled it a couple months ago. decided it wasn't fiscally responsible. You could easily make it work. I just... 60 bucks a, oh, a week. It's 60 bucks a week. If it was how many meals a month, do you, I'd do it. How many, how many meals? Three. Oh. But, it's, but I mean, it's three meals for two people each. So, so like you can get meals. a dinner and a lunch. Yeah, it's technically six so meals. But six. I mean, it's six small meals. Like, I needed to eat. Like, if I was having dinner, I would usually eat one and a half of them. That's true. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, I could do it right now, but especially going to school, like I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't always have time to cook them. You so could, you could find that in your budget so easily if you wanted to. That's a dumb thing to put on your list. Okay. Thank you for the support. Uh, all right. At some point before I'm 30, number seven, I would like to, and you will say this, this could never happen. I would like to just completely go off the grid for a week, like technology wise. I would like to. Cut off my phone, cut off my computer, go, maybe even come here for a week, not contact anybody, and just see how it feels. I think your head will explode. I think there's, <laughs> there's, ab- there's zero chance. If you're here, there's no way. The temptation will be too too great. So where should I go? 
like one of my two week backpacking trip. Yeah, maybe with I me. will go backpacking. That's the only way you're going to do it if you're actually if you can't access anything. Okay, maybe we can you, link, you could, maybe we can link up two of our goals by me going backpacking with you. You wouldn't last one day without breaking here. And that's why I part I'm kind of curious to see what it would feel like. I need to just I agree. Before I'm 30, that. I would like to go off the grid for a week. Just be just be with yourself for a while, yeah. you know? Yeah. Maybe like if I can if it's like fingers crossed at some point in business school I get a job. And I've got like a job offer lined up and I graduate, maybe I can do it then. And because I'll have nothing pressing, like there won't be anything that I need to respond yeah, to. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I think that'd be good for you. So I, w- I wonder, if, I feel like I could do that at some point. It's a goal of mine. I wonder how you, I would feel. You will have to put yourself in a situation where you literally can't get in touch with right. anyone. That's right. the thing. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. I think I could do it. You definitely I mean, I, I, I don't think I could do it sitting in our apartment in Durham. No. But I think I could do it in the right circumstance. I don't think you could do it here. I think I could do it on a vacation somewhere, though. Maybe not here. You couldn't do it here. You'd have to go to some other country. But I could go to, like, if I, like, went and went around Europe for, like, a week or something, I could do it. I still think you could do it. Okay. Uh, next one. I would like to shift back to being a morning person. Uh, you do hate that, don't you? By the time I'm 30, I'm okay with it right now. The way that my life is kind of structured, but I miss being a morning person. When I was, when I, when I was working at Duke, I was, I, I was very early waker upper. Didn't know how else to phrase that. Yeah. Like I was waking up at, I was waking up at five thirty, six o'clock every day, running, going to work, being at work by like seven thirty, eight at the latest going home at night and going to bed by like 10, 11. That was like, that was my thing. I loved it. I felt so productive every day. Yeah. I would love to get back to that at some point. I don't think it's the right time in my life to get back to that yet, but I would really like to be back there at some point. It's so funny because I did that while I was working at Duke as well, yeah. and I hated it so much. Really? <laughs> yeah, I hated it. Well, I had also to get up at 4.30. Yeah. I got up because I had to be at work at 5.45. Yeah. And I was actually... Well, if I don't, the first hour of my day is a wash. Yeah. Like I am a zombie. I, and I think part of that will come in time. It goes back to like the, if I meet the girl that I'm going to marry and you settle down a little bit, eventually that becomes a lot easier. Once you're in a different job, that becomes a lot easier. That's true. I think it, there are life stage things that'll make that a lot more attainable, oh, but I would, I hope that that happens by the time I'm 30. Cause I felt so much more productive when that was the case. I hated it. Okay. I hated it so much. And my last one is I would like to learn to dance competently. Ooh. Like, I, I actually would like to, like, take dance classes, like ballroom dancing and other forms of dancing. I would like to learn to dance in a variety of different settings to a variety of different mean, music and, like, feel comfortable in doing so. I'm going to tell you what the most fun type of dancing is right now. You ready? Uh, you're going to say this thing, the seaweed. No. <laughs> I'm going to give you an act. The seaweed is a great move. It's my move, but um, I'm going to give you... <laughs> I love the seaweed. Um, I'm going to give you the actual most fun type of dancing. Although I don't think you actually need to learn how to do it to do it and have fun. What is it? Square dancing. Yeah. By far the most fun type of dancing. So that's like every time I Cause they go. Because they tell you what to do. And I'm not talking like I don't want to like go to the club and like grind around. Like no, that's I, zero fun. That's, it's no fun at yeah, all. That's, that's There's awful. zero fun to Yeah, that's the worst. I don't understand why people do that. I love. Although at our age people don't do that. I love either. though. Like actually this past weekend I went to D.C. and it was like kind of like early it was old it was more like old school music you know we were just like hanging out dancing at at a at a bar and it was a blast and like but i that said i'm terrible at it but like every time i go dancing and there's someone to like 
teach me how to like do a, do a swing dance or teach me how to doggy or whatever yeah. it is. Like I always, I always have a great time and I would like to know how to do that on my own. Let's go square dancing. Okay. I'm down. There are places to do that in Raleigh, right? Yeah, there are. We should absolutely do that. I'm I think so that would be down. a blast. Yeah. I'm, I'm in right now. Let's okay. Go. We well, should. It's not go right now. But it's a long. It's a long haul from Lake Gaston. But we should totally go square dancing. It's, okay. it's so much fun. I'm in. But I am. I would like to at some point take like actual dancing lessons so that like I want to like a little like life goal of mine is to be that guy at like all of our friends' weddings where you're like that guy just knows what he's doing yeah. on the dance floor. I did. <laughs> I went to. A, this is so unlike me, but in college I got invited to a sorority formal my yeah. senior year, and I went. So I went to this girl's sorority formal, and there was like fancy type dancing, and I had no idea what I was doing. And that was one of those moments when I was just kind of thinking to myself, huh, this would be a lot cooler if I yeah. knew how to do this. Because a lot of our friends are going to get married in the next five years, six years. I doubt that. Okay. Some of our friends are going to get married in the next five, six years. Yeah. I, I would like to be that guy who just throws down on the dance floor. You want to be that guy? See, I just no, I don't want to be that guy. But like, I, w- I don't want to be the guy who's like stealing way too much attention. But I would like to be the guy where like... If you and I are at the same wedding, you look over and you're like, man, Kyle really knows what he's doing over there. Like, that looks that looks nice. I'd like to know enough to not embarrass the girl. Yeah. That's the other thing. To yeah. not feel like you're constantly just going to injure somebody. Yeah. That, was, that was my thing at, at the sorority thing was the girl clearly – the girl that asked me to go with her clearly yeah. knew how to dance. And she was a great sport in, you know, teaching me things. And we had a lot of fun. But – it probably would have been easier if I yeah. knew what I was doing. And the doing. hard part of it is as guys, we're supposed to lead. And so like... Right. Yeah. Then if you don't know what you're doing, the girls are not... Like most girls who are decent at dancing aren't just going to be like, okay, fine, I'll lead. That to them is like a huge insult. So like... Right. It's... I'd like to know what I'm doing. Then again, that's why those events are dumb and we shouldn't do them. <laughs> but... Um, we can disagree on that. Let's go to grungy, seedy bars and, you know... So now you're back to grinding. That's not gr- no, not grinding. I mean, just you know, like you said, like dancing around. Yeah, okay, just in, individual around. bubbles. Yeah, just yeah. In, yeah. I like for that. I, 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 yeah, I, yeah. Okay, that's my list. Doing seaweed. I'm missing number ten, like Patrick was. So I will solicit uh, user input on Rollins, what my, what my ten o- thing should be. Rollins, you're the only one who's going to respond. No. So make it good. This week, if you text me a response to that, I will. No, show, no, no, I will no, no, show no, it no, to no. Patrick no. so that he knows it exists. No, 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 no. Text doesn't count. Okay, if you text me a response, I will kindly ask you to tweet it at us. <laughs> and just so you have that, Twitter one more time, at twoguyspod, email twoguyspod at gmail.com. Count on you, Rollins. And I think that wraps us up until we bring Rollins on as a guest later in the week. Yeah, man, we cut it short. I yeah. feel like this was kind of a shitty episode. Really? I kind of liked it. Really? Yeah. Huh. We'll see what the maybe users, it's just because the listeners say. Maybe it's just the sobriety that makes me think it wasn't <laughs> interesting. Usually we finish and you're like you're like kind of drunk. You're like, man, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Normally I'm really pumped up. I feel great. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see what the listeners say. Just one Carl didn't really do it for me. Well, I'm sure you'll have a few more Carls right now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Two Guys, and we will talk to you later this week. Peace.